Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years Years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menounos. Hey, Better Together fans. Better Together with Maria Menounos. Well, as you can guess, I am not Maria Menounos. I'm Mr. Maria Menounos. Kevin Undergaard here. So excited today to talk to... uh, Latham Thomas, the, this act of standing in your power ignites a force within that glows from the inside out. Yeah, and I don't know why that one really just hits me. Cousin. I love it. Can you read it again for those in the back, Kev? Yes. This act of standing in your power ignites a force within that glows from the mm-hmm. inside out. Mm-hmm. And, and on the surface, it sounds like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, be your best self. No, 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 no. But I feel like it's finding that power. It, right. And it, yeah. And holding that spot and makes it changes everything around you. Right. I'm guessing. Right. But well, and it's the whole I'm excited to get into this with her because it's that idea of we can't look for external validation. Right. It all comes from within. From within. So. ooh. Named one of Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul 100, Latham Thomas is the founder of Mama Glow, a global maternal health and education brand serving birthing people along the childbearing continuum. But even more than that, Latham Thomas is on the vanguard of transforming the wellness movement, offering advice on so many areas of life improvement. Cultivating her wellness practice 
Over nearly a decade, she has served as doula and lifestyle guru for the likes of Alicia Keys, Anne Hathaway, Ashley Graham, DJ Khaled, Gabrielle Union, and more. The Heal Squad and Better Together, welcome Latham Thomas. Latham, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? Uh, I'm ready to go to school. <laughs> hey. I can, can I tell from everything that you offer. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be learning a lot today. So um, I'm ready. There was one other quote of yours that I didn't use. It's a long one. And I purposely didn't use it because I want to read it now. And I want you to explain it because I feel mm -hmm. like um, I just feel like it's going to speak to a lot of people when you interpret it. Okay. Sure. We are attached to the idea that our feelings and anxiety are a reflection of the situations we are already in. But the truth is quite the opposite. Our fear is in the fact attracting the very situations and people that justify our fear based beliefs. Fear is a resistance to the ebb and flow of life and our lives need to be fluid. Mm. Okay. Mm. Can you, can you interpret teacher? <laughs> Professor Thomas? Please. You're so funny. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's um it's really interesting when we uh, hold close to things that um, propel us to um, yeah to become fearful. I think about the things that I'm afraid of. You know, one of the things that was coming up for me most recently was um, you know around death and dying, mm. right? And when I when I sort of um, explored what it was that I was most afraid of. It was really the people, right, that I leave behind. It was mm. really the people that have to sort of mourn the loss and 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 then really sort of um, package up my life and and then and then really sort of carry with them, you know, what that loss means, right? And and I think many of us, it's also the fear of what happens on the other side. But you know, having supported you know, my grandmother through her passing on from cancer, having supported someone um, in a partner actually who had cancer for five years and who is still living and thank God for two years cancer free, but who was at the threshold of death for so many years. Um, you know, what What I was so afraid of, I came into relationship with, was almost dancing with in a way, right? And, and, and become on the other side of that to a place where I feel you know, more empowered in that question of, you know, what it means to surrender and what it means to also, you know, give a, a different meaning to the things that are troubling us, you know, the things that um, are, that we're, sh that we're really like saddled by, especially in this landscape we're living through. So many of us are suffering, right? Yeah, right. Oh, terribly. Look at this past year, especially oh, has been so challenging. Yeah. But at the at the same time, what I like to do when we're faced with challenge, when we're faced with, you know, when we're faced with fear is to understand that fear in and of itself is uh, takes away your power. Fear in and of itself, it strips you of power. It like bottoms you out. And so you don't have hope when you're afraid. Right. When you move into a place where you are holding on to courage, right? And, and courage is actually the, the living into the sensation of what fear is and still being mobilized to take action, right? And that is courage. 
courage is moving with that feeling inside of you that you're afraid, but still walking one foot in front of the next anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what this time I believe offers up for all of us is an opportunity to step into our courage. It's an opportunity to step into faith. It's an opportunity to, while we feel um, small or, or maybe even uh, incapacitated by the things that are, that are um, troubling us or that are making us afraid, that we still take actions that are aligned with our greater purpose and vision. And, and if we can keep sight of that, I think that that's what leads us into a space of hope and leads us into a space of transformation and also anchors us in change. But we have to make movement. And, and what fear does is immobilizes us. Yeah, cripples right? us. Yes. That's exactly right. Yeah. Paralyzes us. Absolutely. Yeah, I love car. What do you? How you define courage? <clears throat> it's not that I have no fear. It's that I'm gonna keep move. I have this fear, but I'm gonna keep moving forward. Yes. And then I love, you know, what you talked about with faith because I'm noticing. And I don't know, Latham, if you've seen this change, but I I feel like, like 20 years ago, and I work in Hollywood, so a lot of the Hollywood influences, which they weren't called influences back then, but the celebrities. It was almost like the cool thing to not believe in God. It was cool. To, it was the, you were, you, it was almost like they were smarter than we were because they didn't believe. And it was like, you have this kind of like Santa Claus view on, you know, um, on God, this guy up in the clouds or whatever. And we're more evolved to realize that that none of that's real. You die, you die and that's it. And life goes on. But I'm noticing because of this, I'm noticing how some super smart and evolved people, the one thing that I, I'm noticing consistently with all of them on this show is it's faith in God. And everyone, you know, obviously everyone has, not obviously, but a lot of the people have a different view of what their God is, but they're all saying, well, God and God. And I when you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. I love it, but I'm feeling the fact that you even just said it. I think that that's a big part of the recipe for fear, to get through fear. Yes, faith. Absolutely. And it, it really doesn't matter sort of what your lens on belief is, right? Like having the belief in a higher power in, I mean, you can look to nature, right? Like it doesn't have to be that we're looking at religion. You can go outside and you watch how a tree moves to the seasons 
And now that we're in the springtime, we see blooming of flowers and those flowers will fall and there will be fruit and then there will be um, fall will come and then those leaves will shed and then winter will come and all of the sugars will concentrate in the roots to keep that tree alive so it can sustain itself through the winter. And then the springtime will come again and we'll see buds and those will become leaves. And so that, I mean, like, how can you not believe in the beauty and the magic and the majesty of um, what's greater than us when you see things like that, right? Yeah. So I, I believe that, um, you know, if, if we can connect to whatever force that makes us feel um, significant, but also small, you know, the things that Humbling. make how big we are, but also how small we are and how we're connected to everything else can provide a safety net um, emotionally and mentally to contextualize the things that are happening, right? So if I remind myself that I'm sort of like a little tiny fly on the backside of a cow, right? In the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Like then all of these things that are like really not as important, because like those things dissolve a little mm -hmm. bit. And I can focus on the things that are more impactful. I can focus on the things that I actually have the ability to um to to impact yeah yeah right yeah hey hill squad and better together fam it's been a tough year but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better and it makes us feel so good our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content and a lot of you guys ask how can i have a bigger role in our heal squad community or how can i do my part to help better together continue to uplift even more people first of all thank you for that sentiment and we're so grateful for this community if you could help us by giving us a five-star rating and a comment on apple podcasts that's amazing second you could join the better together with maria menuno's facebook group and instagram page Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. Yeah, I feel like when you, for me, it's not looking at the fly and the cow. It's looking at the millions and millions and millions of lives that have come and gone in the thousands of years. And it, then you say to yourself, my God, we're just a little speck and we're only here for such a brief moment. That's but right. I think the other thing that you just said that I think that we need to convey to people, I need to remind myself of, is that we are all connected. Mm -hmm. And so when we're seeing things go on in this world, when we're seeing brutality, we're seeing all these things it affects all of us. It's not just one group of people. It's because we are all connected. Yeah. And I wish yeah. and I can't wait for you to meet Maria, my wife, because she mm -hmm. is the biggest believer of this. And she has to poke me and remind my old self that, mm -hmm. ah, hey, hey, that could be see that person that you're seeing on video getting beat up. That could be this friend of ours who you you're like brothers with. Then what yeah. would you say? And yeah. you go, oh, so. Yeah, we are all connected, and I think that we forget that now more than ever, but we need to be reminded of that now more than ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's such a powerful lesson in really anchoring in humanity, right? Mm -hmm. Like just softening 
and realizing and reminding ourselves that, like you said, this could happen to any of us and yeah. all of us are here to really be in relationship with each other. I mean, we evolved as mammals, by the way, to seek connection, right? The moment you're born, yeah. the expectation is to connect, right? Yes. The expectation is to be held. The expectation is to be embraced in uh, the context of community. We do not live in silos and isolated, even though we have a sort of um, philosophy, right? That is like rooted in rugged individualism. Nothing is individualistic about how we actually live. Like we are communal beings. And so that is why when they're suffering at the extent that we see that's happening in the world, all of us are impacted, even if we're not actually experiencing it ourselves, we are all impacted. And that's why I think there's so much emotional turmoil and, and what we see that like rising in terms of mental health disorders mm. are sort of on the rise now. I mean, how many therapy commercials have you seen, whether it was on social media, Instagram, like an app? I see therapy commercials everywhere. Latham, it's an epidemic. I've said it. It's This is this century's dilemma is really it's going to be mental health. Isn't that right? The, I agree with you. Yeah. With you. Yeah. So, what, yeah. so Latham, what do you do with, okay, and we know that the social media and the phones and stuff are great. I'm a, I, I use mine. It's made my life so much easier. But we all know that taken to the next level it is catastrophic as well too so Absolutely. so when you're working with your clients individuals yeah how do you how do you help them with that because I, I don't know i guess i'm cutting ahead assuming that that's what leads to a lot of the anxiety but maybe there's I, more yeah i think i think social media definitely leads to anxiety um i think it's a great tool right yeah. i think having a, a way to connect with people is a fantastic tool but it's also a cruel master, you know, like if you are, you know what I mean? If you're like ruled by these devices, if you're ruled by technology, if you're ruled by social media, I think that, um, yeah, it can make your life really challenging. And so, you know, I have a rule for like how I engage with it that I want to share. And I learned this from a marketing um, professional, somebody from Ogilvy, I think at the time, and this was many years ago when it first kind of came out and it was like, and I was sort of figuring out, like, I don't think I even realized what Instagram was for. My friend was like, you have to get on. And I was like, wait a minute. So it's like Facebook, but you just put pictures. And she's mm -hmm. like, yeah, but I'm like, why would I do that? There's Facebook. She's like, no, it's different. And then it came, it turned out that it was like my favorite way to express, right. Was, was through Instagram. But this is what I learned, which um, the acronym is ICE. And it stands for, um, this is, these are the sort of like rules for what to post, right? So everybody take out your little notebook. Okay. Yep. Yep. So the I stands for, um, inspiration, right? C connective, um, E entertaining and E educational. Okay. So it has to inspire, meaning like lift people up, lift their spirits. It has to connect in some way. So, you know, you'll see things in the comment sections where people are sharing resources or yeah. finding each other as a result of something that you posted or feeling some sort of, you know, connection to whatever it is that you said that made them feel at ease or made them feel seen. It has to educate, right? So you know, provide some sort of information that may, or a perspective that people didn't have, and it has to entertain, 
right? So it can be any of those things or all of those things. But if it's none of those things, you shouldn't post, right? Hmm. So inspire, connect, educate, or entertain. Those are the those are the lenses through which we should use our social media. And if we're not using it for that, it, the post is not going to be like impactful. Then it's like then it's garbage that's like cluttering the social media atmosphere, yeah, right? It's, it's part of the problem. A lot, right? Yeah, you're doing a lot of things that you're wondering why am I feeling this way? Well, if you look at something and it makes you feel not good about yourself, it makes you feel less than, it makes you feel um, isolated, whatever it is, then it's probably not moving through those, these, these, um, you know, um, ideas that I just shared in terms of rules and language for how to share, because the intention was not one of those things, right? So if I'm, if I'm seeing something and it's like someone just shares like, you know, um, I don't know, uh, their vacation, but they do it in a really like, um, kind of like annoying way, right? Like, oh, look at me. And <laughs> like that the intention is not to inspire or to connect or educate or entertain. The intention is to like brag and make people feel mm. like I have better than you, right? Yeah. So the, so what the, re- so what the person receives who watches that is they get a message that um, essentially perpetuates that they're not enough. So when we think about what we're putting out and we think about what we're consuming, that is a big thing. So I always think about with folks that come and they're like, oh yeah, like whatever, they're heavily on social, to do like a, a edit, right, of who you follow. Take a lot of people off that like, if you see them, you're like, oof, that makes me feel not yes. good about myself unfollow or block or delete or whatever it is. Like there's all these tools now you can mute people so that they Mm. don't know that you unfollowed them, but that you don't have to see their content. Um, You can start following uh, people or, or accounts or even hashtags that are of interest to you of things that inspire you, educate or, or help you feel like you're in a community. Right. So you can really curate what you're, what you're consuming. Because it, because you know what we consume can also consume us, and so that's really important for us to think about. Like, what's eating me, you know? And and when our consumption gets to a place where, you know, we're taking in things that affect us and affect our ability to be in, um, you know, in relationship with ourselves in a way that feels, um, you know, that feels like you're in right relationship with yourself where you're honoring yourself where you feel um, self-esteem, right. Where you feel confidence. And that's not every single day. Obviously that, you know, vacillates for all of us, but you don't want to wake up. And the first thing you do is go in a phone and start scrolling for validation or scrolling for, for, or, or posting things for the validation of strangers. Right. So, so it is really important. I think to curate the spaces that you're in, to really like take um, take care of like what you consume um, so that it doesn't. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused 
on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. Consume you, right? So making sure that you things that really feel good and aligned. And I think this is a rule for everyone, you know, yeah. to, and also to phone fast. Like I take days where I don't even like days on end where I don't go on social. And um, sometimes it's like a week I don't go on or something and I'll come back. Um, and I find that to be really useful too, to just take time away from devices to be in, you know, be at an event or in a conversation and not with your phone out and not documenting everything, but just like being with someone. Yeah, be present. Just in, really important. Yeah. Yes. Really important. You know, Lathan, what, what strikes me from what you said um, and what's necessary is, is, and we keep hearing it on the show, is awareness. Yes. So like you said about fear, right? Like you took the time to really explore why you were afraid of death. See, mo- most of us don't. We just, we don't even know we're afraid. We just start acting out or we see, right? Like, what? Yeah. but we don't take the pause and go, why am I behaving? This? Oh, I'm afraid. Wait, okay. And what am I afraid of? Oh, I'm afraid. But you've taken that time. And I think it's the same with um, applying ice when it comes to the uh, social media and the phones. No one's taking that time to pause right. and say, huh, you know, I don't really feel that good when I'm looking at this, when I'm listening to this, when I see this. And yeah. I, but it, so it starts with the awareness. And when you get that awareness, you start going, yeah, okay. And, and um, yeah, I, I'm just going to mute this. I don't, it, this isn't making me feel good. The, the other thing you said, which I think is amazing. And I had a cousin who, you know, she, she'd posted something uh, a while back and she kind of got some heat back from her circle of friends. And she said, you know, but um, I, I, de- I deserved it because I sent it out with the intention of kind of smearing people's faces. Mm-hmm. And I commend her for the awareness. But again, most people don't have that awareness. So c- can you do you have experience or can you speak to when we post things, the intention of our posts and and maybe looking at that intention more deeply because of the boomerang effect of yeah. posting something with a with a a a, 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 a maybe a not so positive intention mm-hmm. and then watching how it comes back and hits you later yeah i mean i feel like we see this now so much in terms of uh what's been sort of called cancel culture right where somebody might not post something immediately but they might have posted something years ago and now uh, people are sort of digging through, like there's these um, internet uh, sleuths, right? Yeah. Who go and they find stuff. And yeah. and it's like a person that you're not, that most of the time it's not who you are. Because we think about like um, the mistakes that people make, right? And, and getting to a place where 
we are in culture where um, you're not permitted to make mistakes. And, and even if you made mistakes 10, 15, 20 years ago, that you're being held accountable for a person you're not even, that you aren't even that person anymore, right? Like you're a whole different person now. Most of the time we're evolved, but having to answer to, um, you know, things that might've been said or things that you might've done at a different point in your life. And I think what it speaks to in terms of um, uh, where we are now is, you know, we live in sort of a putative society mm-hmm. and um, this idea of like uh, this sort of public uh, punishment, public, um, what is it called when you kind of, um, you know, like platform the abuse for everyone to see, you know, publicly shaming, right? Yeah. yeah. This publicly shaming is, is becoming more popular. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also very harmful to, you know, do to ridicule and, and, um, you know, spotlight people when they're suffering through the mistake or having to pay for it. You know, I think that um, it's already embarrassing enough to have to like deal with the fallout of whatever you did, right? That you don't need people also kind of um, jumping on top of you using social tools to uh, essentially disappear you. I think that that is also very harmful. So there's ways that I think that we can dialogue that can be communicative, that can be different than just calling people out. But this idea of calling in, which is more like, let's sit and be in relationship. I like that. Don't call out, call in. Let's call in. Tell me about that. Yeah. Instead of, you know, me publicly saying this harmful thing about you, um, instead, maybe I offline reach out and say, hey, can we have a conversation about this thing that occurred? Or I saw this thing on social, texting you privately to have a discussion or discourse around this thing, why it was harmful, how you could do things differently. That's the better way, especially when you have people's information. Instead of what you'll see instead is um, almost like a, a, how do you call this? It's, I guess it's just like... Um, it looks like a circus when people who know each other have a public debate for everyone else to see and judge and participate in online. It's ridiculous. So I, I think that there, it's like not an adult way for us to function and it's adults that are primarily doing this. Right. And so I, I think the better way, you know, when, when we're thinking about what we're, this is why it's so important to have kind of a, a rubric around what you're going to share, because if you think about it, you're like, this is not necessary. I have nothing to say today. Let me not say anything. Let me listen. Let me look at other pages. Let me, you know, if I have to be on social, instead of saying something that may not really be tethered to uh, a point, right? But if you do say something and you're caught up in whatever is happening and you do have something to say that you're passionate about, whatever, I think it is important to be able to stand by whatever it is that you've said. And even if it is not a popular belief, you know, even if it leads to conflict, that you can be in dialogue with people about, well, this is why I think this and be able to stand in that, I think is really important too. But when it is something that we're doing and we know it's harmful, we know it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to make people feel good. I think it is important to be able to use our voices to also show what accountability looks like, what apology can look like. 
and be able to speak about, you know, what you learned in, in the um, moments of people bringing to you the education. What I always see um, and what I've seen more of, I should say, is when someone says something and it's harmful or it affects people in some certain way, where you'll see some people who may not attack publicly, but there may be a conversation happening in the background where that person can be vulnerable enough to say, you know, I, I do realize I said something that was wrong and thank you for educating me and sharing this information with me. Then they can come to the surface and say, hey, you know, I was, you know, educated by X, Y, and Z person or people about this thing that I said that was deeply harmful and I apologize for it. And I want to share my learnings, right? Like that's the way that we can be in right relationship with ourselves and our community um, and show and model what accountability looks like because everybody makes mistakes, everybody. but you shouldn't be, you know, um, I, I think like this idea of canceling this like idea trying, of, yeah. you know, eliminating um, somebody basically. Yeah, you can't eliminate people, but no. also the idea that, but you know why it's so effective. This, this word is because we are inherently connected. We are inherently um, dependent upon being a part of the collective or the group. And so when someone threatens or a group threatens your cancellation, it's essentially saying that you're being like, you know, pushed out of the group, right? You are being, right? Like this idea of expulsion or, or sending you away, right? That's like the worst thing. If you can imagine all the things that could happen to a human being to be isolated and taken out of out of the, the the tribe, out of the community, out of the village. Like when you think about our evolution, that was the worst thing that could happen to you. So think about it in a social context here, like nobody wants to be banished from the group, right? We, yeah. we depend our, our, our emotional well-being, our evolution, our, our connection to everybody really depends on us being a part of the group. And so that's why that's so effective of a, of a punishment. Right. Yeah. But it's also something that if you think about it, is it really, is it really right to do though? Is it really right mm -hmm. to like throw people out? Um, or is there a way to, you know, find a way to, to, to heal, find a way to address the harms yeah. and, and use that as a learning. Right. And, and then have people not feel like they have to be, um, pushed out because of like a mistake or something they may have said um, in the past. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it's easy to say. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria. My mom would say in her Greek accent, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Well, oh well, that's, you chose that life because you're a celebrity when we see celebrities canceled. But 
I'm seeing that I have kid, uh, parents whose children are in high school and in, in junior high and people creating cancel accounts on Instagram for the kids, you know, That's crazy. and um, so it it again, we're all connected. So, you know, what I mean, like, so it, it's not just the top tier people that are dealing with it. Um, but, yeah, I think the I, I think again if people would just pause more and realize we're all connected so when you realize when you're part of the the you have the pitchfork and the torch and you you're ready to destroy somebody and spew toxicity i think if you could just pause and have that awareness and say wait you know how is this going to affect me someday and the collective and the group and uh, you no one's doing that or why am why does this make me so angry what this person said or did and maybe explore that but yeah, Deepak Chopra, who I know is connected with Oprah and, and probably has connections to you too. He, his thing is that uh, you know we, we play many roles in in this life and we have many faces, but we're not the one role or the one face. Yeah. At all, you know. So we're gonna say things inappropriate at times, and yes, and we can change, but also we could just have had a bad day. I mean, how many times? Like, I feel so bad with celebrities that if they're not on in their private lives 100 percent of the time i'll hear stories like the nicest celebrities in the world by the way i have a great i have a mr rogers story where he yelled at a bunch of my kids who were my friends and swore get the hell out of here you know and it's like but we don't allow people to have a bad day like to have a bad moment to have a, a bad reaction you know and uh and it's not fair and i always say it's like this disney view of life we have it's good guy bad guy it, it's not like that. Everybody has bad days. Everyone's going to let you down every now and again. Mm-hmm. But doesn't necessarily encapsulate the uh, total of who they are. That's and, right. You know? Yeah. And so working with moms right now in the in the birthing process through COVID, like, you know, what has that been like? And mm-hmm. what advice do you have for some of the moms that are that are birthing right now but then also in that like first year or two during yeah, this that's a great question you know like this year has been really in intense um i think again talking about the isolation right like so many people were pregnant and isolated you know um we're coming on the sort of tail end of of covid and so you're seeing some some opening now and people being able to sort of move back to some semblance of normalcy. And so that I think is really great for folks who have not been able to see family members for a long time. I had a niece who was born um, April 4th of 2020. So she's a year old. I still haven't met her. I was supposed to be at her birth. Um, And it was like, um, that was a month into the, um, into the quarantine. Right. So I couldn't travel. I couldn't see her. And, um, and that's the same for so many people, right? That they have family members, um, grandparents who haven't met, you know, grandchildren yet. And also, you know, parents that have had to uh, carry the, um, the, the financial weights, the, um, you know, the economic pressure have had to carry the emotional weight, but also the toil that parents take on with a newborn, um, you know, not being able to have date night, not being able to socialize, not being able to have like time away that's really important, but also not being able to invite in community to help. 
And again, in thinking about how we evolved, you know, parenting was also not an isolated event. Parenting was something that like community stepped in to also support with, right? Camp care, uh, caregivers like grandparents would come over, mm-hmm. you know, family members bringing food, you know, people coming over to just neighbors like, even baby. Yeah. Yeah. Do all these things. But, you know, and also your elders who teaching you things, right? Like how to change a diaper, how to breastfeed, how to, you know, set up a bottle or whatever it is. Like people aren't getting that support because of the distance, right? And so that was very challenging for many people. Entering into the hospitals, um, you know, doulas were in the very early part of the pandemic um, excluded from hospitals, And at one point, partners were even excluded. Imagine having to give birth and not even have your partner there. So that was really crazy. Um, And now doulas are back in the hospitals in most places. Um, And that started probably back in the fall of 2020 that doulas came back in. And so births are pretty normal now. The only thing is you're wearing masks um, if you have support people there. So your, your husband or partner has a mask on, your doula has a mask. Um, and everyone in the room is, is wearing a mask. Um, the, I would say, um, the experience postpartum, you know, getting home and, and transitioning into new parenthood, a lot of this, the care is virtual now. And um, so, so people might have their doula come in, but they might also have them do like uh, postpartum uh, virtual support. So they're doing kind of like Zooms and things like that, FaceTiming. Um, but I, I would say that the, like we spoke about in terms of the emotional needs, you know, the therapy, the need for licensed mental health support is on the rise. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people who've lived through COVID um, and have, and people who would normally characterize themselves as, you know, like mentally fit um, have really struggled this year. Mm-hmm. And, and that, in, that includes providers, you know. Uh, one of the things that I'm on a mission to do with um, our foundation that we have, and um, we have Mamago Foundation, which is sort of the nonprofit arm of our work. One of the things that we really strive are striving to do over there is be able to provide um, mental health support for the caregivers, you know, and doulas, because these people who have to like serve others yeah. um, that are also living through the challenges, who's taking care of them. Right. Um, but this is something that we're seeing a lot is that the parents have really suffered um, emotionally and mentally relationships are strained because there's like really no outlet or or anyone to support, you know, parents through the the challenge. I can't even imagine how painful postpartum must be during, during the peak of this and still even today, like I have to think, right? Yeah. It's, and you know, what's also crazy about it to that point is you know, we live in a country where one in four women will return to work 10 days after having a baby. One mm. in four. Yeah. Okay. So when we talk about 10 days postpartum, imagine, okay, so the, the general consensus around recovery is at least six weeks of rest, at least. And that's uh, for a vaginal delivery, you know, C-section, Um, you know, that time is longer that could extend to a year of recovery, but, um, generally speaking, like you need to rest at least six weeks. So imagine having to go back to work less than two weeks into your postpartum period. 
and, and you know, Latham, what was explained to me by Shelly Zalas, who who found a girl. Um, geez, what is it? Is it the girl effect? I forget which. The girl's lounge. Excuse me. Girl's lounge. Um, but she was saying how important it is for um, the men to take a paternity leave. And I'm because I'm a dude. I'm like, come on, sh shut up. We have to keep working and providing. But she said, no, Kevin, it's, yes, it's for the men, but really it's for the women in the office so they don't have to feel like they're lesser for having a baby. You know, so it's like, and when she really broke it down for me is when if, if a woman's going to come in and be pregnant, you, you might be less likely to want to hire her because you're going to say, well, she's going to need time off and this and that. But the dude's not gonna. But if 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 we make it for everybody that there's maternity and paternity leave, she's like that. So she educated me. She's like that's the value, because now it's like no. If you if you have a child, then this is just part of it, and we're gonna treat men and w women equally. So then the women can really get that time. I didn't know yeah. that about ten days. My goodness, ten days. And some you know because we don't have a paid federal leave policy for for all parents. You know, this might be extended to six weeks for some people, depending on where they work. But I mean, really, people have to cobble a postpartum, you know, care plan together because it's not part of how we do things in the United States. There are other countries that are so generous, um, you yeah. know, with with time that could be anywhere between six weeks to six months. Um, we see also in places in Europe where, Europe. Um, where people really pay into their social services and they have high taxes, but they get a lot of yeah. social support. Um, you'll see things like uh, in Scandinavia, you'll see things like, um, you know, 18 months. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Leave. And, and that's divided yep. um, between the parents so that, you know, the mother and the father will get that time. And they equally divide it so that they can both have that time home. One person goes to work while the other person stays home and they switch and that, and they're paid the entire time. And so again, it just underscores the fact that like, we definitely need that here. Yeah. Uh, we definitely need to make it, as you said, equal. Um, and, you know, think about the benefits for children growing up and having the foundation of family who is with them when they're little and then being able to go out to work after that, you can't beat that. It can't be, I mean, a, it can't be a bad thing. <laughs> you know, when I see some of our problems, it's because of the parenting and you yeah, know, or the lack, the lack of, parent. of parenting. Yes. And then putting a baby into daycare, which for most people, they have to do that. If you think about 
like how it doesn't make sense at all that so you it would make more sense to just pay people to stay home than to pay people to come into the office to work to go into a room pump their breasts to put milk in bottles to then deliver to the daycare center or the nanny or the care provider to then put the milk in the baby right to feed the baby but then you have to pay the caregiver to do so so I have to pay the caregiver to do something that I could just do and right. be paid to stay home to do. And have the right? emotional bond, which will make a greater society and a greater human being. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, it's funny, like um, all the terms capitalism and then communism, and socialism, they all have such ugly stigmas to them. I feel like we need to come up with a new name mm. that marries the best of all of those worlds. And I don't, you know what I mean? I think it would help everybody be like kind of okay with it because like I said, all the sides have, you see the capitalism is just this evil, evil thing. And then, you know, there's people who see communism, socialism as evil, evil things. But I feel like we need something that's going to marry all of those principles together. And I think we're going to get there. It's going to take a while, but I think that would cut to the chase if we could come up with a new name, you know, mm-hmm. because you know, good health care and caring for our children, really good education. Uh, all of that stuff costs money, but leads to so many great things. And like, I know me, I, I, I do pretty well, Latham. I'd be happy to pay my share of the taxes for that, for sure. Because we, we even with our means, it's funny, with my mother-in-law and her illness, the challenges we faced, and we would always, after we would deal with the challenge, Marie and I would look at each other like, how do this is for us. How do people out there do it? Our heart just shreds. Yeah. So this is stuff we have to fix, you guys. Like, we got to yeah. fix this. This is not like, um, for our country, we're like, a, we're the United States. Like, I'm sorry. I love our country. I think we're awesome. But, but because we're awesome, we should, we got to lead with this. We shouldn't, you know what I mean? This should not be. Yeah. You know, and... um. Yeah, and I I think yeah, with parenting, is so important, and moms, and like yeah, I can't even yeah, and 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 you're right, you know, I have I've had other people who um work with a lot of children too say the same thing. It's like you know, you're spending all this money to put the baby into daycare to be with strangers, and hey, listen, no judgment. I under again, right. I understand because, but at the same time. If that money, if if that money and time could be spent with the actual parent being there, my God, the benefits for everybody, yeah, long term. Because you're still paying them, yeah. Like they're still like you still have to pay them, pay them to stay home, you know, so yeah. they don't have to work to 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 get someone else to take care of their babies, you know. Um, I I I think that um, and and thank God that we do have systems of caregiving. We need them. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like people, people also need to be able to stay home if possible and recover and have support of family. Like we need to sort of get back to a structure where people can depend on um, a, a unit to like show up for them. And right now that doesn't happen as much. And so one of the things that's great about doula support is that we kind of step in for those gaps, right? We can step in if there's no family member or, or, people who can help caretake, like we can do that. 
on the prenatal continuum, obviously for the birth, but then on the postpartum side of things, which is really where it gets real, right? That's like what, yeah. Birth, but it's like postpartum once the baby gets home. I think you have the baby, he, he or she is crying and up all night, and then you have the postpartum effects where you just want to kill yourself. And then the pandemic and the world and the this and the social media. I, my heart just, you're right. Like that's the moment that I feel like right, right now that's the, that's the nine one one, you know, of that we have to jump in on. And it's like, do you have recommendations, Nathan, for people that are, you know, um, I'm in postpartum and I'm a, you know, I don't have the means, and I've got this new baby and I'm in the middle of all of this. Like, are there some hacks, yeah, that you can recommend for people? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, one of the things that I really love that did emerge in this moment. Um, in normal circumstances, if you were looking for a therapist, they had to be local, they had to be in your same state, right? Just based on, um, the legalities and licensing and stuff. And so now with, um, COVID the restrictions sort of got lifted to where anybody who is licensed could use, um, HIPAA compliant technology and zoom is one of those technologies, for instance, that could be used. And could have telehealth conversations. They could; those conversations could be with a therapist that you found on Instagram, right? It could be somebody who's on a sliding scale, which most people will do. So, if you can't afford whatever their hourly is, many people were accommodating people based on what they can afford. So that's number one. So knowing that it's not contingent on your income; it's a contingent on need. Okay, so so getting that help if you need it people are there and there are all types of people who can support you. The other thing is the apps. So many new apps and, and apps that were sort of on the fringes maybe before have now become like really big and mainstream as a result of this moment. And they have apps where you can be in conversation with people where they can see your face. They have ones where you're texting back and forth with your um, therapist. There's many different ways that you can um, use the telehealth uh, platforms for therapy. Um, one that I really love that's um, become bigger has been Talkspace. There's also Better Health. Um, there's a service uh, called Alma, a service called Octave. There's, there's many that are out there. So just kind of figure out, you know, what works best for you. Um, and then there's also group therapy, right? And what I love about group is, you can be in relationship with other people and hear what's going on for them. You know, one of the things that, um, that it, when we think about feeling helpless, um, is, is to help someone. Right. Um, and this comes from, um, you know, uh, a, um, human rights, um, organizer on Sun Sushi who said this, when you feel helpless, help someone. Mm -hmm. And that I think is at its core, one of the things that can help us to kind of um, break away from that feeling of isolation and, and the feeling of being in your own world of, of pain or of turmoil is that when you're in relationship with other people, you're like, oh my gosh, like they're also going through something. Here's something that I could offer, right? 
and that helps you pull yourself up a little bit out of what you might have been suffering through. So, so think think about group therapy, what it looks like to be mirrored in a community with other people who are going through something similar, but also being in a community where you can offer up something of yourself that'll also make you feel whole and connected. Um, and there's many ways to do that. There's virtual ways, there's in-person now that things are opening back up as well. But I encourage like checking out things that are virtual. I also really love um, you know, mindfulness as a, as a tool, right? Like as a life tool, not something that you just like, you know, show up for like, oh, I'm in a state of stress. Let me try to like meditate now, but like every day saying, I'm going to sit down for like three to five minutes and just check in with myself and my breathing, or I'm having a moment. I feel a little bit overwhelmed. Let me just breathe now, take a couple breaths, right? This recalibrates our nervous system. It helps to, you know, um, really reverse our stress response in the body and get us to a place where we can be softened and, and feel more at ease. And, you know, breath is life force. It's, it's um, our freedom. It's our creative energy. It's, it's everything that sort of keeps us alive. Right. Mm-hmm. And so connecting with your breath every day, you know, getting fresh air, going outside, taking a walk. These are mindful things that we can do. You know, um, I always start the day like that where I go, we have a roof and so I'll go sit on the roof and I'll feel the fresh air against my skin and I'll close my eyes and I'll just take a couple breaths. I'll think about things I'm thankful for. Sometimes I write those things down, you know, but that kind of like calibrates my day, right? So I'm moving with calm, you know? Um, and, And that also includes like, you know, keeping your phone off for a little while. Like don't go straight to your phone, to your text messages, to your emails or to social, but start your morning off, like just with quiet, you know, with your own thoughts and the things that are happening around, get to see the, the, the trees and that are blowing in the wind and maybe smell some flowers or, you know, water your plants, whatever is going on in your life that you can just draw things down to that moment of presence is critically important. Um, and these are things that we can do, you and, know. And do you recommend to uh, Latham for, for like as children get older to have the children do this with you as well? Absolutely. I was just going to say, you know, even when they're tiny, you, they could be in your lap and you can be meditating. I used to have my son and he would crawl in and out of my lap and around me and stuff. Sometimes he would be sleeping and I would place him in my lap while he was asleep or I would let him fall asleep in my lap and I would just meditate. At the time, I used this app called Insight Timer. It still exists. And um, it's like a bigger platform now. But at the time, it was just like an app that had kind of... Um, uh, these bell tones. And now it's like an app where you can get guided meditations and all kinds of really cool content. And, um, I would use that. And again, it's not about like how things were before you had your baby. So if you were able to do a 90 minute yoga class or a spin class or Barry's bootcamp or whatever the things you were doing before, it's not the same once the baby arrives, right? Because when, when they're really dependent, you don't have the time to do maybe a 90 minute of anything, right? except for maybe like feeding them and changing diapers. But when they're little like that, like you can get moments, right? Where you can uh, maybe do 20 minutes of something, right? And not feel like it has to necessarily exclude them. Like I had my son involved in everything that I did and that in the room with me or in the same space because then it was normalizing these things and also making it a part of his life, you know? So now he has his own practices that he leans into because he was always around that. Yeah, family. I wanted to ask you how did that how did that affect him? It was really helpful for my son. He's seventeen now. He's headed to college in the fall, wow. and 
for him, um, so he uses a meditation app called Headspace that he mm-hmm. just downloads on his own that he uses. Um, he has a practice when he goes to bed at night to like kind of, you know, slow down. Um, he's a kid that doesn't watch TV every day. That doesn't, he has a social media, but he doesn't really use um, his Instagram. Um, he mainly uses Snapchat between friends. They have a little private group where they share things with each other. But he's the kind of kid who can like put his phone down and doesn't have to always be attached. He listens to a lot of podcasts. But what I think is most um, important that I've seen in him is he has self-regulation um, strategies. So if he's in a, a situation where he feels overwhelmed or nervous or, you know, um, like he had a audition for his um, college, he's going to Berkeley School of Music. He had oh, this- Boston. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna. Yeah. I'm so glad he'll be close to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you you know I'm from Boston. So oh yeah, Maria. that's right. So, yeah. yeah, I took classes there. I took I played drums, so I took classes there. Berkeley is like it's insane, isn't it? So I'm Dream so excited. I'm he's so gonna love excited. it. Best but time. you know the audition was crazy, right? So he had to prepare for that, and so he did these tools, right? Like in preparation, he was like doing his meditation and visualizing, and so. It, I, I think that um, I'm just grateful that he has his own tools, you know? And so I think that it's never too late and it's also never too early. Never too early. You know, to, to start these things. Wow. Okay. Cal's lots of good information. Lots of good stuff. And uh, and more to come. She's so awesome. Yeah, she's very special. Just a very, like, calming presence. I could listen to her all day. And then we can find out her son's very successful as a mm-hmm. little DJ. He's been DJ since he was like five or six. Yeah. Anyway, all right, until until <laughs> part two, Kelsey, what do we do? Until part two, you guys, remember to be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Hey, Hill Squad. We have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.